Hi guys, it's your host Matilda and your host Hadiza and your other host Imama and you're listening to the Africa Lipso podcast. everyone welcome back to a new episode of the africa lipso podcast see i got it right this time mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we are joined by a guest and we'll just introduce the guest first and then get to like how our weeks have been done mm-hmm. um have been done yes it's friday and i literally just got off like a high like an escalator thing or whatever so my brain is not 100 percent right now so you guys are good to have to bear with me <laughs> but yeah so we're joined by nana safori nana saf for short i'm such a famza actually because <laughs> this is the first time we're proper having a conversation but i feel like i know you but yeah um nana is an entrepreneur as you can see the topic nana can you please go ahead and introduce yourself and what solve advisors does which is his company yeah thank you so much for having me guys i'm an entrepreneur as you said my name is nana from ghana Kind of right. Yay. No, <laughs> not saying the right thing. <laughs> we will not agree. I mean, I mean, I know I have a few Nigerians on here with me, so I just have to say, Ghana jollof is definitely way better than Nigerian jollof. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, like, nice to guess. So. Yeah. I said sure. Now I didn't say no. I said sure. In the context of this one-hour conversation, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but um, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been, I've been a business for about two and a half almost three years now and nice. um i love to help people that's what what i love to do so mm-hmm. i'm so honored to be on here thank you guys so much for having me and i'm looking forward to kind of share my story and giving you some tips and tricks yeah in case you want to do aspire to inspire too so screaming <laughs> sorry you might not understand is that a nigerian thing or is just generally know. a twitter thing have you ever heard the term aspire to inspire nana no not really okay okay so there's a set of people phd twitter or something that always like they're so motivational i guess it's like motivational people um it's also a dinner with dangote or everyone they say oh yeah dinner with jay-z dinner with jay-z so it's people that like they wouldn't take like 10 million dollars from jay-z they'd rather have they'd rather have a dinner with a him dinner because with the him. information that he would give them is worth <laughs> more <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so Nana, how's your week been? Really? Oh man, it's it's been super busy. Uh but I'm not complaining. Uh we're just a bit busy here this week. But I mean busy is good, so busy is always good for an entrepreneur, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, hey, it depends. It depends on how you look at it, because you can be busy doing the wrong things, right? Huh. Okay. Hmm. Makes sense. I'm an employee, so busy is bad for me. <laughs> I want to sleep. Honestly, same. <laughs> That's good to hear. How about you guys, Hadiza and Mama? Oh, how does that you can start? Because, like, you know, you're the one that has, like, a new job and stuff. I don't yeah. know if you started, but, yeah. Oh, I haven't started the job yet, so it's just been, like you know kind of trying to end my other employment and kind of transition to the new one so yeah like i would say in that sense it's been okay yeah yeah okay that's nice um my week has been busy like just really busy in terms of school and work but also lots of good news in terms of work Mm. oh yeah 
you too? Okay, nice. Me too. Okay. Uh, O'Shea, let's just yeah, say your company is on a roll. My company is on a roll, but um, yeah, it's so, like you know, lots of good news in that regard. Yeah, I mean, like, but like ultimately, it's just been like it's just been a long, busy week. I'm very happy for it to come to an end. I'm good to get a massage this weekend, so I'm really excited uh, about that. Isn't Ottawa in a red zone now? Are massage, they still doing? No, massage? it's a red zone, but massages are still done. Massage, mm. they're, they're, they're medical yeah. stuff. Yeah, essential. <laughs> <laughs> they are medical stuff, so um, yeah, but yeah, that's how my week has been. Hmm. What have you, Matilda? Yeah, it's been similar stuff. Good news. Um, that's all I have to say. Anyways, let's <laughs> let's jump right <laughs> into the topic. So I feel like we chose this topic just because it's really always a discussion in social media where a lot of people are always like. I feel like the general society pushes entrepreneurship and they glamorize it almost. So I was mm-hmm. like, wouldn't it be nice to have someone that's actually living, breathing example, so <laughs> we can actually hear what it's like? And obviously, that's not going to be every single entrepreneur's experience. So Nana isn't necessarily like speaking for everybody, but at least he's given us an insight. I don't think I have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. I'm sorry. So <laughs> no? we'll be asking the questions. Well, I feel like um no, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I, feel, I feel like everyone has it though. Do you? I feel like everyone has it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's somewhere in there. It just sounds like mm. stress. It does sound like a lot of stress. <laughs> it's like on some days I'm like, can I? But I'm just like, nah, it sounds like stress. Like, it sounds yeah. like I want to be employed. <laughs> I want to be employed. <laughs> and you know, it's also but, this uncertainty too because it's exactly. like, exactly, yeah. you don't really know where, like now I know when my next paycheck is coming and yeah. I know how much it's going to be. And I know be. how much it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not a hobby. This is literally your livelihood. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. please, please do walk us through your transition <laughs> your background first of all like did you go to uni and then what did you study and then how was that transition into entrepreneurship um yeah so i, I definitely went to uni i went to carlton university Hello. Uh, fake, yes who, who else went to carlton here just, we, just all just we all did we all did ravens so, and that <laughs> so, so we're the good squad yeah but <laughs> i went to carlton i'm from ghana as i said nana from ghana um did high school in wait sorry question i have a question yeah. is that how you introduce yourself i'm nana from I'm ghana, from ghana. <laughs> he was like no i'm actually very curious the thing is like the, the truth is like every time i say my name is nana everyone makes fun of me right so whenever i say i'm, I'm called nana like nana 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 oh nana, god, nana. Oh, god. <laughs> i know who's doing that it's the cockazoids co- co- <laughs> and, and, and some other people go like oh nana I am Still screaming. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm actually screaming. So, so I try, I try my best to make fun of myself before anyone. Before anyone they, makes yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, okay, that's fair. So Nana from Ghana, but uh, <laughs> did, did all high school in Ghana. Presec Presbyterian Boy Secondary School. If there's anyone listening from Presec, hey, holla at your boy or daddy. Eh? And then, uh, <laughs> and then I came to Carlton for accounting. And then in my second year, I decided to add a major of finance. So I was accounting and finance. And then um, in my third year, I decided to take accounting out, just finance major, and then finished up there and then um, went straight into entrepreneurship. So, I mean, I've kind of summarized the whole story, but I believe they did kind of questions in there i'll be happy to share so much happened uh, while i was in school that i feel contributed to my whole entrepreneurship journey and my decision to kind of walk this path 
So you mentioned that like a lot happened in school, but let's let's go back, 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 back. Did you yeah. feel <laughs> do you feel like it's something I guess we already kind of alluded to the question. Do you feel like it's something that you already had like innately or were you shaped into it like the things that you just talked about in uni specifically? Uh, the, tr- the truth is it's difficult to tell, right? Because uh. I mean both my parents are entrepreneurs. Is it so really difficult to tell them? <laughs> no, but, said, but, oh, it's difficult difficult to tell but you know (laughs) all my life (laughs) i've known no no i didn't always know right i just knew my parents were entrepreneurs so i guess like i mean there's some genetic something going on there but the Mm. truth is i wanted to work in investment banking when i got to canada so for me i mean my whole university career I would say I never really imagined I would be going into into entrepreneurship, at least not this early. Mm. Right. So that's why I say it's kind of mixed because, yeah, my, my dad worked in banking for a while, too, before he became an entrepreneur. But I didn't always, always know that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Definitely not. A few things happened in school. Okay. Then, now let's address these few things. Yeah. <laughs> they sound yeah. life-changing. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I met a few, or actually a lot of impactful people in school, one of which was my finance prof, Professor Isaac Autry. Any Aww. finance... Any finance people in there or listening to us know know him from Sprout. And um, he's the one who advised that I switch from accounting to finance. So I came to school initially with accounting because, I mean, sometimes when you're coming from Africa, you're coming from Ghana, the most important thing is let me get to Canada. Right? I'm <laughs> not know, really thinking about everything after that is just vibes and inshallah. Let me just get here and then we'll figure it out. So, I mean, the, the, the quickest way for me was accounting. And then when I got in, I did first year. I realized, man, accounting, I wasn't really feeling it like that. Mm-hmm. I was doing well, um, got A's for everything, but it just Start wasn't my vibe. Start now, let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it wasn't really my thing. I thought it was a bit boring. Then I met Professor Autry, who said, you know what, if you're good at numbers and you're good at this stuff, maybe consider finance. So then mm-hmm. fast forward, I, I moved to finance. I saw, hey, the place where all the money in finance is, is investment banking. So you know what? Mm-hmm. They said that as the goal. Where the money resides. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said that as a goal, and then I just started working super hard to get the grades required to get an, invest, an investment banking job. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward, I get the job. I realized that it's not really, really what I thought it was. Number one, and number two, that I didn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life, right? So mm-hmm. it was that inflection point where I mean, before that, I'd done a few different jobs like as you mentioned i worked at adobe for a while I did a and few what position did you hold in like i mean if you don't want to get to specific but was it also in invest um, adobe wouldn't have that no investment yeah so banking, right? yeah no so basically for adobe that was my first ever job in canada technically mm-hmm. and i was hired as a business analyst so mm-hmm. uh, back then i was i was in my second to third year of uni so i mean i wasn't that much of a finance guru to get a job in banking so um, Adobe was like almost like a really great opportunity into uh, almost like a step into the work world. So I worked as a business analyst for the team. And then I furthered my co-op for the next one, few ones with an investment banking firm. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about yeah. it though? Is it like a passion thing or is it just like waking up every day? What's, what is it in there that you're like, nah, not for me? Um, so the thing is, it's glamorized, right? So investment banking, I don't know if you guys have 
Well, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's not, <laughs> it's it's like <laughs> um, in Nigeria, everyone wants to be a lawyer, but then they end up doing my Lord <laughs> Mia. I'm screwed. <laughs> they didn't realize. But yeah, yeah, sorry. No, no, exactly, right? So, I mean, the Wolf of Wall Street isn't necessarily investment banking, but it's mm-hmm. finance, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, it, it's that kind of, that's the kind of life that you expect everyone is living. And to some degree, people live that life, but, you know, what we don't realize is what it takes to get to live that life, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have, like, first 10 years of literally slavery, <laughs> more or less, right? Where you're working 100-hour-plus weeks. Eh? Wait, but wait, okay, wait. But I have a question, though, because isn't, like, having your own startup, you know, your own business, isn't kind that kind of like, like that? That's, yeah. True. Yes. So, but th- hundred hours. I don't think. So. I, I mean, I would think you even put in more work into your own thing. Hundred percent. So it's, it's definitely more work, and I mean that's where I build kind of like the discipline for what I'm doing now. But I mean, for me as a university student in my third to fourth year, working in investment banking as like I'm my first kind of internship and looking through it and working through, it, I was like, yo. Man, I don't know if I can do this for for that long, mm. right? I mean, so for me, I mean, again, the decision was in different phases, right? It wasn't like I was just, it wasn't like I, I knew what I know now and I made the mm. decision then, right? Back then, to me, it was just like, okay, this is crazy, number one. But it wasn't just because of the work hours. It just was, I didn't see myself doing that, yeah. right? And I feel that, you know, as individuals, usually it's good to just take an audit and actually assess whether you feel that you are walking in the path God has called you to walk in. I'm mm-hmm. a man of faith, so I always believe in that, um, being able to walk in destiny. And mm-hmm. um, I felt that, you know, I mean, the work was crazy, but I mean, I'm still working crazy, as you said. Oh, but the so more important thing was... <laughs> yeah, but in Because I still haven't been able to move forward from you guys saying 100-hour weeks. And for <laughs> context, a full-time job is a 40-hour week. So yeah. that's more than two full-time jobs. How? Yeah. How? Where does it yeah. Where does it come so from? How? How? Like, are you, <laughs> like I, don't, I really... Imama, you're also normalizing it, so I don't understand. 100 hours? I mean, yeah. like, okay. Sorry, go ahead, Nana. <laughs> that's like 12 no, no. hours a day, every day of the week. Exactly, right? So there's no weekends. It's 12 times 7. There's no weekends. You're sleeping like four-hour nights. Yeah. Um, there's tight deadlines. Oh. It's, it's really crazy. Not hundred. It doesn't make sense to me, but I guess I'm just trying to express the ridiculousness of it. But sorry, when, when you actually do the math, you're sleeping about four hours, or you have four hours to do everything else in your life aside work, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah. and it's crazy because it, and you can look it up. Like even the, today, I was reading a news article where. Some people who work at Goldman Sachs is one of the investment banks in New York kind of did a little petition thing because they're working too crazy and they were begging that they work 80 hours. They were begging that, oh, you know what? Let the max be 80 hours that we work. So it's crazy, but um, that just... Slave what? Out. Yeah, slave, <laughs> slave trade. <laughs> Honestly, that part. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that was a little bit about it. I, I think I missed the, the last question. I forgot what I was saying before that. Oh, I apologize. No, you were just talking about how you realized that it just wasn't for you. And yeah, I, I guess so I was just asking how you figured mm-hmm. that out. But I think you you talked about, you know, just analyzing and auditing that that's not really the path for you. Yeah, no, I mean, we all have to audit. At some point, you know, you want to really look and see. It's two things, right? Number one, the skill set that you have, is it flourishing best where you're positioned? That's very important. Right. Because otherwise you'd never be able to see true success because everyone has like what they're really good at or what they're sick at. So if your skill is not what your trade is, then there's a disconnect. Right. So then you, you might find yourself in trouble soon. 
right? And then the second thing is just like passion and love, liking what you do and liking the environment and all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I just realized it wasn't for me. And, and then I just decided to look elsewhere. Okay. So then what was that jump then? Because for me, if I realize that one job or one field isn't good for me, I'll look in the next field, not entrepreneurship specifically. Mm. <laughs> so, so where did that entrepreneurial jump come yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, I, I've always been kind of like a high achiever. Um, oh, no, no, we thing. know. We can hear it. <laughs> so so when, when, I was, when I was in finance school, for instance, and I was in business school, it was just like, okay, what's the best job I could get with finance? And the best job from my research was investment banking has the most cash. So I went into it, right? So um, when I realized that that wasn't really quite for me, at least not in that regard, um, I'm like, okay, what else can I do that can give me similar results if I put in as much work, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, entrepreneurship has literally, um, it's limitless, it's a limitless ceiling for, for earning potential and mm-hmm. impact, impact potential as well. So, I mean, that, again, two years or three years ago, that was what was attractive to me. Again, mm-hmm. things change as you, as you grow older and as you progress. But for me, it was just like, hey, you can earn more money here you can have more impact and you have some freedom to create, which is very important mm-hmm. for me as well. So that's why I decided to look, look that route. Um, I have a question. So you mentioned that like, I guess like things change, but at that point in, in your life, that's where you were. So yeah. um, I guess just going to that things change part, like, are you like, has things changed for you or do you think things are going to change? Or do you think this is a path that you plan on working on and walking on like forever? Um, no, I mean, I have no regrets um, whatsoever in terms of my decision that I made to go into entrepreneurship. When I say things change, it just means how I like my perspective of why I'm doing this now is different. Right. Mm. So initially it was just like, hey, I can earn more money. There's an unlimited ceiling. But when I started doing, I realized that I could actually make a difference and I could help people and I could begin to in my own small world, change it or in my own small, small way, change the world. So that was what was important to me. I mean, that's what's important to me now. So that's how I mean things have changed. I mean, I can always begin to explore different industries, maybe retarget finance again, because I really like finance. I just didn't like kind of slaving for someone in finance, right? Mm. So that's the difference there. Yeah, because it's true. At the end of the day, you are still slaving for someone else. Like at least now you're doing it on your own terms. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I'm building equity in something that I own Mm. versus working towards something for a promised future of success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to take it back, it's really interesting what you said, because I listened to a podcast and someone on the podcast had said that as Nigerians, but I guess I can extrapolate here as Africans, we usually are taught um, success from a point of money, not necessarily being able to actually change the world. And that Mm -hmm. might actually be part of our problem as Africans, because we're not thinking about solving problems. We're just thinking about like, where can we make the most money? Money. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I'm guilty of that. (laughs) <laughs> <As hell. laughs> it's but, very true very very true i mean the thing because the, the truth is again i'm i mean i'm african i'm probably Ghanaian. nana from ghana i keep exactly, saying it but, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> but, but the truth is like i mean just because of the fact or, or just because of where our countries are right now like you know financial success is a very big part of like our everyday thinking so it, it, it's difficult to look past that fact when looking for a way to be successful versus like when you come to this part of the world where it's like you can be okay mm-hmm. and still live an okay life. So then immediately your perspective about things start to change and you start to look at different like different things aside just money, 
right mm. you know so i think i think that that also contributes to it but africa is coming very soon we're not gonna worry about money too too much you know <laughs> amen <laughs> amen <no. laughs> ah, yeah okay um, it's really interesting i guess like there's also i guess then a difference in being an entrepreneur here versus back home yeah no absolutely um i mean i feel like entrepreneur once entrepreneur always Hmm. Um, I mean, what, 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 what angle do you look at that from? I guess just talking about how now it's like vision driven now rather than money driven mm-hmm. as compared to like in Nigeria, you are scared that if I like at least in Canada, if everything fails, I know the government will, for example, take care of me in uh-huh. some certain ways. And like how I don't know about Ghana, but in Nigeria, it seems like the government is against every business. Like if they see anything <laughs> flourishing, they will put a law in place to to um, cancel it. To cancel it. I don't know that USSD. I didn't really look into the specifics of it, but like there's this company that just like hit a billion or something like that, Flutterwave. And I think then now the government has also put in some some restrictions. Law, restrictions and stuff same with like cryptocurrency and stuff like that so i feel mm-hmm. like in nigeria you are almost almost solely money driven but I, again i'm not an entrepreneur i don't know if your business was in ghana what differences mm-hmm. do you like obviously you've never been an entrepreneur necessarily in ghana but like what do you think the differences would be because that was just me projecting but i have no idea even what it takes to run a business full stop Mm -hmm. so i i wouldn't know what the differences would be uh i mean it's tough it's it's difficult to say because i haven't been an entrepreneur in ghana as you said but your parents Um, have have been for example and you got to see it Exactly. I've, uh, my parents are entrepreneurs in Ghana, currently are, and um, I have friends who are also entrepreneurs. I think uh, it's difficult to tell, right? Because, I mean, it helps when there's infrastructure already created in a nation to enable ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel that in, in, in different parts of Africa, like, we're still getting to the point where we can have all the infrastructure that is required to enable ideas. So, I mean, it, in that regard, it's a bit, it might be a bit easier here in Canada versus like in Ghana. But I'm pretty sure there are things that, there are benefits that, you know, um, entrepreneurs in Ghana also have that uh, maybe we wouldn't have access to in Canada. Like, I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, there might be like tax breaks that like a really smart startup um, in, in somewhere, in, let's say in Ghana or in Nigeria, might have from the government because the government is really trying to invest in like let's say development of the nation versus here in canada where it's like um you know there are just a few things that you can do that are really different from what is already happening to be able to enjoy certain tax breaks or tax benefits right so i think i mean it works in both ways like there's benefits either way but i really definitely believe that the future of um you know uh like the future of great ideas and like the future of business in general and and um, great entrepreneurs are going to be birthed out of um, Africa. And I'm even actively, consistently, like, looking for ways that I could do things in Africa as well because of the growth potential that is in the region. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I have a, I have a quick question. Just, like, and this is just, like, slightly off. So, like, Matilda, feel free to bring us back uh, when I ask my question. But, um, <laughs> so, like, I mean, you mentioned that your parents are entrepreneurs in Ghana. And this is honestly just out of curiosity. How do they yeah. feel when you mentioned that you wanted to, like, when you mentioned that like, you were starting your own thing? <laughs> Like, were they like more on the like, yes, you know, we've passed down that gene, we'd love to see it, or were they like, bro, please go and work for somebody? Like, <laughs> like, what was their what was their reaction like? Um, it was it was the second thing that you said, right? I mean, really? my friends have yeah, no, I love my parents. They've always been supportive. 
you know, mommy and daddy, thank you so much for everything you continue to do. I love the shout out. I am crying. Mommy and daddy, thank you. You know, you gotta, you gotta give the accolades, but um, uh, they've always been some very supportive. And like when it was time, when I was finishing up school, I was just deciding what I wanted to do. Uh, I spoke to, you know, you have to be strategic with this. So I spoke to my mom first. I'm like, you know, mommy, like I, I really don't don't want to like, you know, pursue investment banking anymore. I really want to work, um, you know, just start something. And you also know that like, you know, investment banking is really high paying, right? So, and I'd already, I'd done like maybe three or four internships already. So I was like kind of set, literally, like I, like I had done everything that was required mm-hmm. to be able to land a really solid job, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in Toronto or um, in New York. So I'm like, you know what? I, I really don't want to do this anymore. And then she's like, man, you know, for business, she was like, so she started advising me, right? You know, for business, you know, you want to work. Um, a little first, you know, save yeah. money, then you start business. You don't want to just jump straight into it. I'm like, no, I mean, I think I have like, you know, I have an approach that I think would work mm-hmm. and just give me one year. This is what I, I, I told her, like, you know, if you and that you give me one year, um, let me just try this. I mean, I'm still relatively young, um, you know, in a year. If let's say, for instance, God forbid, it doesn't work, I can always go and get back my banking job and everybody be happy, right? Mm-hmm. So just give me a year. And like, you know, I was able to kind of pitch to them. So it was my first test as, as a businessman, you know, being oh. able to convince my parents. Yeah. <laughs> pitch to, to your to, parents. Exactly. <laughs> I had to pitch them to, to just allow me to uh, kind of chase my dreams. And that's how nice. it went. Oh, wow. So I, I'm, I'm guessing like now there are like, since it's obviously been more than one year. It's been year, more than so one year. So I'm yeah, on track. I, I say on track. <laughs> on, what do you call it? On board. Yeah, for it, on board, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. They're fully on board now. I talk to my mom and my dad all the time, tell them about how business is going. They're, they're really happy Aww. about how things have gone. Aww. Yeah. Oh, that is so nice. Love love it. But can we talk about the bravery? Because <laughs> I don't even know if I'd let... I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, my kid will, will do what they want to do. But let's go back to my the fact that you are... A Nazi. <laughs> you were an international student, though. Like, do you get what I mean? Yeah. So, like, a lot of us, it's kind of a straightforward route, especially in Canada, where if you work for a year consistently you can get PR. So a lot of the thought processes, let me get PR, then I can start doing my thing in this country. But (laughs) where did your bravery come from, please? (laughs) Like, how does it even work for entrepreneurs coming straight out of uni and starting your business in a country that you're not even a permanent resident? Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't easy, right? I mean, shout outs to God who helped guide Mm. me, you know, through through every process. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't have done it without God's help and guidance. Uh Um, now, I mean, as you said, it, it was to many people it was a stupid move, right? Because I mean, obviously, um, I had three years to figure out how I was gonna get my PR. Mm-hmm. Number one, yeah, um, sure. I, and the, the smartest and the easiest route is you just, you know, do your thing, work, work one, one one year, and then you you get it. But like, I just didn't think I had one year to spare, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just like I'm like if I want to do something, I'm convinced about something, I I want to do it, you know. So I didn't think that that whole one year was necessary. So I just had faith that I'll figure it out as I went at it. So I did some research. Obviously, I'm not advising anybody just go blind and just do silly stuff. But mm-hmm. I did some research and I just kind of put faith behind it. In terms of the bravery, I think once you're determined and you have like a goal that you want to accomplish and that drive is there things always figure themselves out. And I think that's how it works. Like, you know, different doors will open, opportunities will come, you discover new things about different things. And before you know it, 
you're good to go. See what mm. we said at the beginning. Aspire to what? Inspire to. Inspire. <laughs> so you can what? Aspire. Aspire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I really have a quick question because I, I yeah. want to kind of go into the details because as a non-citizen, I don't even think you can actually legally start a business on yeah. your own, right? Yeah. So did you have to get like a co-signer? Are there organizations that you reach out to to advise you on your business? Like what resources were you looking into then? Uh, I mean, I, I was just working with Dr. Google okay. at the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I Googled, I, I remember one night I spent like maybe six hours Googling the heck out of everything around like regulations for Canadian corporations and all that stuff. Mm. And I mean, there, there there's different ways you can go about different things. Again, as I said, you have to just, you know, be resourceful, use what is within your, what what is in your hands, right? So, I mean, I found like some resources that I could leverage and then did a few things and, you know, by God's grace, we're able to legally set it up and, and, and incorporate everything. So, I mean, with a corporation, what happens is just to give anybody who is online or listening who uh, needs help with some of this stuff. When you have a corporation, what happens is that the regulation behind setting up a corporation in Canada is that minimum one fourth of your board of directors have to be Canadian nationals, mm. right? So, um, with that in mind, then you know that okay, there's ways that you can through different partnerships or through different vehicles set up a corporation and legally operate a business. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's all about the research as well and finding people who have done it before to talk to, to show you. Because if I knew somebody who had done it, it would have taken me six hours to figure out, like just one conversation like this uh-huh. would, would have given me the answers. So like lots of networking and stuff. Yeah. And just, I mean, feeling free to connect to people who are doing what you want to do, right? Mm, yeah. um, I feel like something that we, usually even as black people, we don't do this as much. And this is something I learned when I was in the industry. Like I was always like the quiet guy, you know, now super respectful to my boss. You know how, like, you know, we're trained in Africa. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, don't speak, you don't speak back to elders. All, all really good, like, you know, principles that we've picked up and that have helped us. But at the end of the day, you can't, like, you know, always be timid and quiet. And that's when you look down, you're looked down upon and you can't really voice out your opinion. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's important to reach out to people, ask questions. I mean, everybody's a human being. There's <laughs> still blood running through everybody's veins, right? Regardless of how much money they have or how powerful they are. So, you know, mm-hmm. just being bold in that regard helps. That's yeah, an advice. I don't know if you're trying to ask this, Matilda, but like, I am curious. Um, I mean, I, I kind of already know, but like, you know, just to hear from the horse's mouth, uh, what exactly is your business? Like, what exactly does your, do you do with your, uh, yeah, what's the word? Is, is it a startup? Like, do we call it a startup or do we call it like a business? I don't know. Um, I mean, <laughs> you can call it, there's so many things you can call it, right? A consultant firm. Um, I mean, technically, according to the definition of a startup, it's a startup company. Um, okay. It's a young company. There's so many different things. But I mean, there's there's a number of things I'm involved in right now. So okay. it's, it first started, it started with um, a business called Real Protector, which nobody okay. knows about. So in my entrepreneurship story, I tried my hands at something in my final few days or months in school. Um, we, we were setting up security cameras. So me and a friend called Seg, Segen, Shagun. Uh, oh, Shagun. Shagun. We call him Seg, we call him Segen. Uh, but, <laughs> but we set up like a, a, a company that was kind of installing security cameras. We're sourcing security cameras for different companies. Uh, we did it for like two, three months. It went well. We made some money. We did like two different deals. It was good. So it gave me confidence that I could actually go out there and make money by myself. You see, the thing about business is it really is like maybe 85% confidence 
right? Like once you believe yourself that you can offer value to somebody for something in, in exchange, get a monetary, um, you know, reward, it always helps. I actually had a question. So, yeah. I mean, considering it was your first work as like a, an entrepreneur, how did you get the clients considering you hadn't done it prior to that? Mm. Yes, yes. So, I mean, it was it was selling cameras, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, yeah, I was talking about confidence and like you just have to believe. And once you, once you get that first dollar, it becomes easier to make the next ones because now you have some sense of accomplishment and you know that you can actually get money from somebody for something you can do. Mm. So, I mean, in terms of how we went about it, uh, let's see if I remember. I, I think we just, uh, we put out some ads on Kijiji. Like mm. that's all we knew, okay. right? Yeah, security camera installers, blah, blah, mm, blah. Okay. And then we just got a hit. I was nice. so happy. Oh my goodness. Like it was this company that deals in cannabis and they were looking to put security cameras in two of their locations. Oh, uh, okay. the, the, the deal value was like maybe around six to $8,000. I was like, whoa, dang, that's crazy, right? For the first time I've ever made a dollar in business, I'm like, I was super ecstatic. So then we, we just kind of quickly mobilized a few things and then we went about that. But mm. well, that was my first into business. Now that business, we kind of stopped it. It didn't fail, it didn't collapse or anything. We just did the first two deals. We did our pharmacy, with a few other places and we just stopped because he got busy with work following his career. And I got busy pursuing my new dream, which was setting up Solve Advices. Um, now, in terms of what we do at Solve, we are a consulting firm. My passion and one of the things that I believe that I'm on earth to do is to help people. So what we do at Solve Advices is we help SMEs grow. And we do this through strategy and aggressive marketing. And that's, that's, our, that's our motto. That's how we've worked through things. And it's working really, really well. So that's one company I'm involved in. Through Solve Advisors, we're able to acquire a stake in another company called Anaya Arts, which mm-hmm. we also own now, mm-hmm. uh, partially own. And um, that is another business we're involved in the e-commerce space. Mm-hmm. And then there are one or two things that I do with my parents back home as mm. well in, in the construction space oh, oh you're, okay you're you know entrepreneur you know it's interesting because i actually had two questions so yeah. i wanted to know what sme sta- like wanted you to say the full like mm-hmm. sme what sme stands for and also i had gone through your website and i saw that the kind of work you did was so varied so i was like how is one consultancy firm able to do work that is very varied like how big is your yeah. team like so now that you say you kind of part owner here you are part owner there this is the main thing it, it makes sense uh, on your website because on your website it actually lists like all your projects and it's very varied so i was like oh how are you able to handle all that but yeah yeah no so i mean the first one is sme sme stands for small to medium-sized enterprise okay right so uh, usually any company that's doing below 10 million maybe even 20 million in some industries would be an SME, mm-hmm. right? Now, um, in terms of what you saw on our website, what you saw on our website are actually projects that we have executed on, right? Okay. So I solve advices, not even through the different partnerships Oh, that we okay, have. interesting. Yeah, so one of the things that we do in our company is, uh, I mean, there are different classes of businesses, right? So mm-hmm. there's like companies that have been in business for a while mm-hmm. that are making money. 
so they can afford like let's say a retainer for our services so mm-hmm. those guys will charge them a retainer and then offer them a service in their desired industry mm-hmm. there are some businesses that are super new but also have very bright ideas and have great entrepreneurs right mm-hmm. so that's where the help part comes in because i know what it is to start a business and how few like so we we then like you know kind of offer more mm-hmm. more attractive and more relaxed terms now the okay. re- the reason why the scope of our projects are so broad is simply because um, at the small to medium sized level of business you don't need expertise in one industry to be able to consult for right because a lot of the things that a lot of things that you consult for cut across everybody's trying to find a way to survive in business everyone's trying to find a way to find customers everyone's mm-hmm. trying to find a way to brand themselves properly there's similar things now when you go from mid to now large then you're talking about oh hey like you know I'm an engineering consultant because these companies are like they need very specific help and mm-hmm. um, we don't deal with those kind of things at least at this point okay yeah. interesting so then do you bring people onto your team that then have at least those um yeah. Kind of expertise, even if or... it's general expertise, oh, yeah, it's yeah. that right? Yeah. So I mean, we, what we did is that we, well, as we started, we started to go. We realized obviously we have to hire a team. So what I do is that we hire. Well, I mean, we try to hire like the smartest of the smart people. So like we have like an MBA on the team, like someone who does MBA from Cornell. So that gives us like a very wide scope of mm-hmm. like you know expertise and like subject matter knowledge and then what we do is we hire strategically right so i still want strategists on my team but if you're a strategist who has technical skill in marketing then you are more of an asset to me than somebody who just knows strategy and knows business but doesn't have any other extra skill mm-hmm. right so we i mean as we started to do more business we get we began to hire uh people to augment the team and augment what we're doing mm-hmm. you know and it's not been easy right I, i'm making it sound like it's just been a breeze it's definitely not yeah, been. It doesn't <laughs> sound like a breeze no, i mean no it, it kind of sounds like a breeze to me like it doesn't at all like because yeah. i can already hear the stress and even looking looking through the website how big is your team yeah yeah so i mean so we we have something called the safari group and safari group is like a group of all the companies that like kind of we are involved in so mm-hmm. that is right now at 10 people <laughs> right wow. two of who two of who are part-time and then the rest work for us full-time mm. mm. that's a lot um how, how many projects do you guys typically handle at one time or do you kind of distribute it <laughs> So it, it, it depends, right? Like, I mean, there's different sizes of projects we handle. So, for instance, there's an energy project that we worked on that was relatively big, right? But just because the project is big in terms of dollar value doesn't mean that you need more people to work on the project, right? Because for our industry, strategy, right? So it's, it's more about what's in my head versus, like, how many people are working on the project. So that's how it works. So, I mean, when we have more business, obviously, we're going to hire more people. That's just how it works. Because as a business owner, and again, anyone who's listening to, to me who wants to go into business, um, a lot of businesses contract when they actually have to expand and take risks. You, I find too many people, I, I really don't get this. They say, oh, hey, we are fully booked. We can't take anybody else. To me, that's like the biggest error of business ever. What do you mean you're fully booked? You don't want more money? right you don't want to grow your business like it makes no sense right whenever someone is tells you they're fully booked that means that they are not really operating at optimal levels for their business because you should never be fully booked if there's more business hire more people and buy a new space expand mm. do something right mm. like don't be fully booked that just so, means that your business just has to be kind of like scalable like you have to have systems in place so that um exactly you can multiply without any issues really exactly yeah exactly so i mean that that's it for us i mean uh when we have more business we, we hire more people to help us execute but mm. the nature of our transactions are such that like our team is more than capable to execute nice. what we have 
Me, yeah, I can't imagine being responsible for paying anyone's salary. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> Yo, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was a mistake. I forgot to send it today. It was a mistake. <laughs> mistake. <laughs> Shall we try again? <laughs> Bro, yeah, that's so scary. Like, it's like the success of your business is the livelihood for people. So it's, for a bunch of yeah, different it's people. crazy. It's a crazy amount yeah. of responsibility. We've had, we've had, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we've had people move from Toronto to Ottawa just to be able to wow. like, yeah, exactly. Right. So when, when you have that kind of responsibility on shoulders, again, I, I, I want to make sure that everyone listening to me does not think I'm portraying this as a breeze. It has not been easy. And I mean, what, what most people feel to tell you, like most times when you hear some of these entrepreneurial stories and whatever the case might be is like the, the struggle and the sleepless nights and the tears. That tears, go into tears. yes tears oh. that go into 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 this stuff and and the sacrifices that you have to make to just make sure things can keep pushing forward mm-hmm. and like you know it's 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 interesting. Oh, good good. Mm. This this was a natural flow into my next question. Yeah, maybe, because I want to hear the specifics of what those like struggles have been. Yeah, because like again, it's a thing of yes, we always talk about the benefits of it, but is it really as glamorous as it's made to seem? Because absolutely it, not. It, okay, good good. That's what I wanted. Yeah, I wanted to be reaffirmed in this nine to five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what exactly like what issues have you? Or not issues per se but what struggles and just walk us through the struggles really yeah so i mean it's it's been a journey i mean we started two and well i mean right now maybe two years and some seven or six months ago how i started was my my parents were over for summer my graduation actually during the time yeah so my a few of my aunties and stuff from the states came so they gave me like some money i think 300 us Okay. Something like that. And then, um, you know, other aunties gave me like 200 Canadian. So in total, like, I had like maybe six, 700 bucks. Where are my own aunties and uncles? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Continue. 800 bucks as graduation gift. And then, um, you know, I convinced, I, I was able to, my, my parents are generous enough. My dad walked with me to like the space I found. I believe that if I was going to start a business, I wanted a, an office space, yeah. right? Because I'm going to do it full time. I'm going to take it seriously. I wanted to feel like it was serious. So I just took the bold step. I'm like, oh, daddy, please, can you pay for this for me? He's like, cool. So he paid for one month um, rent. Okay. for the space and then they left to ghana so wow, all i had was parents yes shout out to mommy and daddy again again <laughs> <laughs> but but um all i had was like my first month's rent paid and about like you know maybe seven seven hundred eight hundred dollars at a time i used half of that to buy furniture <laughs> so then i was left to like some 300 bucks I use another hundred bucks to throw a party. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Wait, was that like a, Very like modest a business party, starting party? Yeah, like just a little okay. launch. Like yeah. we, we blew some balloons, had like some pop, <laughs> you know, I invited close friends and family. And then I invited my pastors, Dr. Ralph and Pastor mm-hmm. Kofi Darte. They came, prayed over the business and we started. Now, um, the reason why I said all that was to show where I started from. I didn't have any startup capital. I didn't have any of that stuff. I mean, if you if you consider seven hundred dollars as startup capital, then I had that. But you know, basically, I didn't even know where my next dollar was going to come from. I didn't know how I was going to pay my next month's rent, right? Because I mean, I told my parents that hey, you know what? Let me just do this myself. Give me a year. So they were not looking forward to pay my rent for me for their place. It's not like a commitment they had. Yeah. So I had to figure it out. Um, so one thing led to another. I did my first deal that was able to help me cover my rent within the and month. Then, yeah. 
Okay. Because I I was of the thoughts that like if I'm sitting down in an office full time, yes, um, ten hours, twelve hours a day, I have to find somebody who'll be willing to buy what I'm selling. Yeah. Right. And you see that's the, that's the belief that I believe all of us have to have, regardless of whether we want to be entrepreneurs or not. Whatever your goal is or your target is, like you can always hundred percent achieve it if you're determined. And that's my mantra. That's what I believe. Um, you know, with God's help and determination, you can do it. So I was like, I can't sit in the office for one month and not get any cash. So um, we figured it out. And then mm-hmm. we, we started going. Now, the reason I say all that is we started in August. By December, you know, two or three of the retail, we started getting clients on retainer. So business was mm-hmm. good. Now, by, by, by November, all of them, like all the retainer clients we had, just mm-hmm. all of a sudden said, hey, no longer interested. Don't want to do it anymore. I'm stopping my business. Mm-hmm. Right. So immediately we went from like a good place like seeing some level of revenue to zero revenue for like hey. two or three months straight. Oh, my right. So again, yeah. again, you go about, you, you go into like, you know, the pain and the suffering and the tears and all that stuff. That's where right? so, it's, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that happens. Right. And I mean, so we keep going and it's not, it's been up and down. COVID started, like, you know, we didn't have mm. um, like, you know, any business coming in for a while. We had to repivot. We had to rethink things, Um, you know, sacrifices that I have to make personally. Yes. Right. To make sure that like, Okay, hey, people keep getting their money. Everybody's paid. Everyone's happy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so much goes into business, right? And a lot of people don't. It's not spoken about enough, yeah. right? There are nights where, like, literally, I I go to bed. I'm like, ah, man, I I don't want to wake up not being that I want to die, but it's like I don't want the morning to happen. <laughs> I don't want the morning to come, yeah. right? Because like I know that when the morning comes, there's so much responsibility that I have to figure out. You yeah. know, so so it's it's not always that easy. Yeah. No, that sounds really hard though. <laughs> I actually can't imagine, bro. But um I'm wondering what the time commitment is as well. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz you said at least you sleep. Some people say when they have businesses they don't even sleep. Yeah. Do you find that you've yeah. been able to balance things out? Yeah, no. I mean, not necessarily like as I said, it's not easy. Like the hours are crazy. Like yeah. I'm even shocking myself at how how many hours sometimes I can do. Is that right? hundred I mean, hours still applicable here? Oh no, definitely, uh, definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely okay. applicable. Uh, because I mean, the truth is, yes, you can hire a team and you can have people work um, for you. Because the whole benefit of hiring a team is scale, right? So you can duplicate yourself so that, like, you know, there's so many of you doing yeah. something so that you guys can do more, mm-hmm. right? Now. What happens is that, like, obviously, you guys all work nine to fives right now. When it's 5 p.m., you want to go home, yes. right? You don't see why you're going to stay past five, right? But if there's stuff that still has to get done, then, like, you know, the people who are owners or whoever is the owner has a responsibility of making sure, hey, like, this thing doesn't sink. I have to figure it out. So, I mean, the work, also the crazy, the work is crazy. Um, work-life balance is not too good. It can affect your health, like yeah. so many different things. And I mean, it's 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 not the best. I mean, recently I had. Like, you know, I had to just, this like two or three weeks ago, I had to tone it down because I had to go to the doctors for a few different things. But Damn. it's crazy. It, 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 it's, it's a lot of sac And that's why I say it's like a lot of sacrifices, both monetary, like, you know, your actual life yeah. that you're sacrificing towards it. So you have to understand what you're doing before you want to go into it. But yeah. again, the benefit is always good, yeah. right? So I always say this as a caveat, like there always is a lot of fulfillment to it. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know you have to understand what you're getting yourself into, so you don't quit midway before you start see the before you see the pot of gold at the end of the of the of the tunnel. But then, at what point do you then say this is not working? Because I know generally they say on average like businesses fail in the first two years, but when yeah. do you say that it has failed? 
really when do you just throw in the hand be like this is it i don't think i mean i haven't gone in there by god's grace i wouldn't get good. there so yes. I, I i don't know but i don't think like i've gone into the point where i feel that i could have also thrown in the towel but i don't think that you know that should be the mindset that you look at it with right like let's say you've gone to a place where things are really really difficult and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills or you are like literally at wit's end like i believe that there's always an ability to be able to pivot right mm-hmm. like when i started off the business my goal was to help startups right i'm like okay you know what i feel like santa claus i want to help everybody who's a startup <laughs> guy you know all the other big companies don't care about the startups but i'm going to care about the startups blah 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 and I did it for three, four months. And I realized that I was being not smart because startups don't have money. You need money to be able to <laughs> grow your company. To so, yeah. exactly. What are you talking about? So, I had to pivot, right? Like, there have been so many moments or times where I have, I've always had to pivot to make sure that, like, I can still survive and thrive, right? So, I mean, it's important that we, we, we just, like, I, I wouldn't say throw in a towel. I feel like you can take a break, maybe one, two, three weeks, four weeks if needed just rethink things and always just refire at it, right? Because entrepreneurship is not like a, it's not straight and narrow. It's yeah. super jigsaw, right? So, you know, ups and downs, but you're hoping that the ups and downs are all in an ascending, you know, trend line. Trend, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, just you talking about this, my head is pinning me. Honest, like I'm trying to wrap my head around it even after all the work. But for me, it's like, at least I get weekends and I, when I choose as an employee, as a nine to fiver, I can literally just shut it off. Like even if your job is not a nine to five and like you have to work extra hours, those times when you can shut it off, you can, but I don't even think you have the luxury of that. Yeah, yeah. no, because of the responsibility, right? Yeah, um, no. So. Does it get better so, though? Like with time, when your business is no longer a new business or a startup, is there a place where you stop putting in these amounts of time? Just from maybe if you know anyone that has a business or uh, yeah. that has been open longer, does it get better? I feel, I feel that the truth is, I mean, it's just a decision that you have to make as the entrepreneur to take time and just relax, right? Because like sometimes you just feel that without you, things are not going to work. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes you just have to come to a realization you're not Superman. So does it get better? Technically, no, because hey. at every stage you are in business, you always want to grow, Yeah. right? Think about think about it this way. I'm sure, um, you know, Dan Gute, who's the richest man, or well, I mean, richest man in Africa right now. Still they like, find money. <laughs> he, still, he still goes to work. He's yeah. still up early in the morning going like, you forget that, like, if you, I'm the, I'm the richest man, why should I still work? But it, it just is what it is. You always keep looking for more, and there are different things you want to accomplish and achieve, right? So I don't think it, it, it ends, but I feel that there are decisions you can make to make make your life better. Easier. You know? Maybe exactly. you also start looking at it as just a normal way of life. After doing it for so long, then it's just normal, and you found ways to, like, cope with it, as you said. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's nah, they really, true. really don't tell you about these things. They really do yeah. it. I wish they would, though. Like, in hindsight, oh, all my questions are coming back to me now. Like, <laughs> now that you've talked about these struggles, like, would you, you wouldn't take it back, though. Like, do you wish someone had told you at the beginning? Or would you still have gone into it if you knew all that you've gone through? Oh, no, I definitely would have done it. 110%, I'll keep doing it all over and over again. Because, oh. I mean, yes, I'm talking about the difficulties, but, like, I, I mean, there are so many victories also that we've, we've seen that like you know our milestones um that i'm really proud of mm-hmm. and therefore like i mean i mean regardless of whatever you do there's challenges even in like 89 to 5 or like even in school like it's not it's not always easy right there's always mm-hmm. obstacles and challenges 
when I was in school, there were times I cried too. I, I was I couldn't sleep. Like I mean, it, it is what it is, right? But like at every quiet, phase, yes. <laughs> every phase in life, there's challenges that come. It doesn't mean that I didn't. I'm not happy I graduated, or if I had to live life again, I'm not going to go to school again. No, I'm still going to do it, right? So, I mean, I definitely would recommend entrepreneurship to anybody who's listening mm. to to this podcast. It takes a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of um, self confidence, but like it brings a lot of fulfillment. Right, it brings mm. a lot of joy. Um, mm. It brings freedom. You're able freedom to freedom. How? Because you are telling me that you don't sleep. So how? How? Yeah, but freedom because you own it's your, your own choice. Time. Exactly, you uh, are choosing not to. You can, I, but there's choosing slavery though. No, I, I can no. choose to sleep tomorrow and not wake up. No one's gonna stop me. I'm free. Uh, right? I don't have to. I don't have to. But then that's going to affect vacation. your business, no? It will. So it's yeah. it's a so the thing is it's like <laughs> because you're passionate about it yeah. and it's your business. No, but somebody's not telling you what to do. You are determining the the projection of your business, right? Uh-huh. And you want it to succeed, but you are still determining. There's freedom in that, even if you're working a lot. Yeah, it doesn't matter because you're the one choosing to work. You're the one. You're your own boss. You're telling you yeah. work. Okay, so then when people say there's freedom, it's not as if it's freedom like you can literally do whatever you want to do. And it's like slack freedom off. Freedom in the mind. Yes. Okay. Yeah, freedom in the mind and freedom knowing that you're working you're working towards like a purpose mm-hmm. that like, you know, you are going to benefit greatly from in the future. That likes right? to so, but, but we also said that in the future, it's not going to get easier. No, but you can still, I mean, people, people always like build companies and sell it when they're 30, 30 years old or whatever the mm-hmm. case might be. And like, just move with the cash. So uh, it, it, depend, it, it, it can get easier because I'll give you an example. Um, there's so many people who founded companies that after a while, they just step down as CEO and other people run the company. Mm-hmm. Right. And they just come and just show up for a few meetings twice a week and they're okay. That's right. True. So. Exactly. So if you want to continue be, being involved in your company, then it doesn't get easier. But if you want to take a step back because you've, you've built a successful can. company, okay. exactly, yeah. because you can, then there's no hardship to it, right? Is that it what you see in your future, Nana from Ghana? <laughs> oh, Nana, Nana, Nana from Ghana has a lot he wants to accomplish. So yeah. he himself, you know, continue to, to do things uh, nice. for, for, for a long time. I don't plan on retiring like early no oh, okay okay oh, you not. must love what you do then i, I do it. i really do oh yeah. i wish i wish i but you said you recommend it for everyone so i guess yeah maybe in my own capacity because i mean there's obviously different levels of entrepreneurship you can do small things here and there rather than like i just i, I feel like for me the reason i'm such a nine to fiver is because i want to know where my next paycheck is coming from yeah. i just like that yeah. control i see where the slavery <laughs> resides but, <laughs> but but like yeah it's just that for me but if i can be an entrepreneur in like on the side like a side hustle that might work for me but yeah no 100 percent. and i think i think it's not you see like there's there's different types of entrepreneurship right there's like full-time i mean you can look at it this way there's like full-time entrepreneurs which is like what i'm doing where it's like i just jumped off the boats is either a sink or swim yeah right and then there's there's people who are like what I believe you are describing, which is like you want the safety and knowing that like, you know, you're getting a paycheck. But that still doesn't mean you shouldn't explore things that you're passionate about and try to build something on the side. Right. I'll give an example. Like for, for you to really like attain financial freedom, you can't really be reliant on one stream of income, which I'm sure you know. Right. So what most people will do is that like, you know, you have your income from your nine to five, but you should be using part of that income to do something else that you're more passionate about. 
or yeah, some people are very passionate about their jobs, which 100% is given. You can put in some other things that can still help you attain the level of financial freedom you want, mm-hmm. right? And so that, that's what I'll call like kind of partial entrepreneurship or like, you know, um, you know, uh, side entrepreneurship. Yeah. Whereas like, I, but I still believe that everyone should still actively be working towards something that is theirs. And I, I love what you guys are doing, like this podcast. This is something that you might not see it as entrepreneurship, but it actually is, hmm. right? Because they can have so much more yield um, later on. So many people like feel, like they see entrepreneurship as, oh, I'm running a business, I'm doing this, I'm running around, I'm stressing. No, it's not always that. <laughs> I can't lie, <laughs> I'm running around and stressing for this podcast. Y'all, <laughs> y'all don't see it, but I am. So, okay. <laughs> I guess I get it. I, I guess it's just because for me, I, I, I looked at entrepreneurship as kind of, it's where my full income is coming from, you know, kind of like what you're doing where you, you jumped out Immerse of the yourself and you're like, it. yeah, sink or float kind of thing. That, that, yeah. the idea of that is so scary to me. And I feel like for me, it's a thing that came because while my mom was an entrepreneur, my dad was mm-hmm. the breadwinner and he was a nine to fiver. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. I saw the stability in it and I was like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that is me. And because, you know, I was, we we're still able to live the life that, I imagine for myself, and then I'm like, obviously, I can still be successful in this part. So I never really saw an example of like the whole family depending on like an entrepreneur's income. So I, I, yeah. I feel like I never feel that safety. But then because your parents again were entrepreneurs and they were doing that full time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then but, you were able to another, see examples. Yeah. Another thing that's interesting is like, I think there's a big misconception about an entrepreneur's income, right? Like, I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. My income too is, is still to some degree secured, right? Because I also still get paid by my company, right? Every two weeks, I also get a paycheck. Now, obviously, if the company was in some form of like financial trouble, then I probably would have to sacrifice my paycheck. Yeah. But for any successful business, entrepreneurs are literally also paid employees of their companies, mm-hmm. right? So when you think about it that way, I think when you're starting up a, a business, yes, there's a lot of financial constraints because you have to make sure the business is successful. Yeah. But like once the business is successful, then like there's a bit more stability that comes to the picture, you know, and that's also important to, to note. Ah, okay. Okay. I never thought about it like that, but that actually makes sense. Okay. Maybe, maybe we can get talking and you can consult on whatever <laughs> business idea. It looks like I can scrap up. In for sure. For sure. But <laughs> anyone who's listening, anyone who's listening who has like a business idea, yeah. uh, we have programs that are for smaller businesses who don't have too much money right now. Yeah. Um, and you know, they should definitely reach out. Where can and, they find you though? Um, I mean, solveadvices.com is the yes. easiest way to just kind of get in touch with one of us and then uh kind of someone will give a call and then we can get to chatting yeah. and figure out how we can help scale your business or your idea uh-huh. oh nice and just really last question really what advice would you give to anyone listening that's considering entrepreneurship given all this um this two years and seven thereabouts months but all the knowledge you've amassed what one advice would you basically give someone that's already considering entrepreneurship uh, it's difficult to give one piece of advice. I mean, uh, but 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 I would say like I mean, if you're if you're out there and you're thinking about going into entrepreneurship, you just have to understand that you know it comes with some pain and hardships and some constraints, but like it's a fun thing, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's really good, and you should really really take your time to study yourself. Mm-hmm. and understand what it is that you really want to do mm-hmm. before you get into it. Because there are some points that only the desire to continue, like the desire to continue goes away. 
mm-hmm. uh, because of the situations that happen. But like, if you have that inner drive because you are passionate, number one, and number two, because you are very driven at what you want to accomplish, you will be able to push through mm. because there's always like there's always setbacks, there's always difficulties, but it always gets better, right? Mm. And, and in the dark times, nine out of ten people just kind of close the laptop and turn off the lights and just quit. But like you know, you have to just kind of develop Up that perseverance, yeah. exactly. Mm. Just that persistence, perseverance. I'm reading a book. I'll read a lot too. That's important. But I'm reading a book right now. And basically the guy sampled a number of CEOs and founders and business owners. And what he found was that the number one skill that everyone who had attained success in business, like the number one thing that they thought was the skill that was the most important was perseverance. And I found that really, really interesting because what that means is that every one of them went through a ton of bad stuff that they had to persevere through, mm. right? So if you're considering entrepreneurship, it's really good. It's awesome. It's sweet. It's nice. But just know that you have to persevere and yeah. don't quit too early. Yeah. You know, don't quit too early. Oof. Thank you so, so much, Nana. This was a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. I think um, you're even convincing me it's such <laughs> you, should, you should do it. That's, that's, yeah. that's un- unlimited earning potential. I'm telling you guys, that's man. That's the Unlimited point. earning potential. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. But thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your 100-hour week. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. And um, yeah, reach out to him if you have any small business any ideas. Small business ideas and um, want to take it off. Yeah. Or any big businesses too out there who is listening. I don't know who's listening. Hey, if you're looking to do construction projects or whatever, yeah, anything. millions of dollars, we got you. <laughs> is that please don't cap me at small things? No. <laughs> don't limit so my shine, please. You know? <laughs> thank you so much. And yeah, you guys, we'll catch you guys next week with a shorter episode. But don't forget to follow us on all socials at Africa Lipsopod, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram, we'll catch you guys yeah. next week. Bye. Thanks for Bye having now. me, guys. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Bye-bye. Bye.